Bring spring color inside this season with Bear Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the Bear exclusive color Arrowhead Lake or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass or accent your bedroom with sunrise-inspired colors like coral cloud and dark crimson. Let your creativity bloom this spring with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Let's bring in Chris Sims, the former NFL quarterback and, of course, pro football talk live co-host, If I would have told you five years ago, Carson Wentz may be on his way out of football, you would have said what? I'd go, wow. I mean, what what happened? What how serious was his injury that he had that that would make him want to retire at this point of his career? That's what I would have thought. You know, I I don't think he's going to be out of football, Dan, but I'd certainly think he's officially relegated to backup quarterback. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and again, you know, that's, I understand it, but let's not forget to, uh, it, it's this year, the last game, it was not good. I get that. You know, he was the quarterback of a team earlier this year who couldn't protect or run the ball at all. Taylor Heineke kind of got to get the benefits of when the team got together. Uh, but, you know, he, he was okay last year. It was 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions last year. It's not the worst guy no. in football. No. He just makes some dumb mistakes, but I, don't, I think his starting days are done, Dan. All right, let me ask you about the Bills and Bengals in the aftermath. If you're a player on the Buffalo Bills right now, how much do you want to have this game rescheduled or make it a tie? I don't, yeah, I don't want it rescheduled. I don't. Like... I, I I think I'd want, if I was a player, or even as I sit here right now, I just want to go, let's just move on with life and continue to go forward here. It just, the karma throwing us back out there on the field this week or even maybe next week where that's been thrown out there as well. Uh, to me, you're just going to reignite the bad thoughts and the feelings and all the, the mental health issues that could go along with this to where, Hey, this is just, it's an unforeseen circumstance. It's but, we're but uncharted. What, what about yeah. the Bengals? I, I, I know I, you know, I, it stinks. Life's not fair sometimes. And 
I, that's just the way it fell. I don't know. It's, it's, I'm sorry. I, I, I do feel for them. I understand that. I feel for the Ravens and the fact that they don't get a chance or maybe the Bills could have beat the Bengals and then the Ravens could have beat the Bengals and they could win you know, the division and have a home playoff game. But it's just the way it's you know, shook out this year. And I, it's unfortunate, certainly, because the Bengals are really good. But you know one thing I know about the Bengals? They don't give a damn. That's for sure. They got a quarterback, I think, who goes – Okay, wait, whatever, it doesn't matter. F it. If we got to go play on the road and beat Josh Allen and Mahomes there, we can do it. Bring it on, and I think they'll be just fine. Yeah, I wonder if – what do you do if you're the NFL? Because if Buffalo says we don't want to go back to Cincinnati, you can't can't hand them a forfeit. It'll look bad, you know – the court of public opinion would be really, really upset with the NFL. But I don't know. Can you do winning percentage when it comes to the seeding for the playoffs? Yeah, I, I feel like that's, to me, the best option. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's the way I feel about it, at least. Uh, you're, I mean, it, it's, it's not going to be fair. But I, I think that's really, as we look at it right now, you know, it's either, hey, we go on. This week, and we push forward, and we play the Week 18 slate, and the Bills and Bengals played one less game than everybody else, and we just got to figure it out. Or it's, wait, we make everybody else not play football, right? Yeah. For a week, and we finish that game? Yeah. Uh, or vice versa. They finish Week 18, and then they finish that game the week after. To me, that just causes more problems and issues than it's worth, and I think you just got to go forward. When you got injured and uh, yeah. you lost your spleen, take me back to what the, the medical, like, I don't know if you knew how badly you, you were, you know, hurt. Right. Uh, it, it was different than you know, Monday night. And I'm not trying to make the comparison other than the medical facilities and the attention that were on the field that day when you got injured. Yeah, uh, well, I think the NFL has gotten even better in that department as compared to my day right now that's, what, 16 years ago, basically. But, you know, it was kind of a controversial thing there because, again, I was somebody that, yeah, this it wasn't as, as jarring as what we saw here the other night, but, you know, was, they brought my wife in to say bye to me um, and because and, they weren't sure. Wait, but, like, wait, when did they... Like they brought my wife in right before I was going to go into surgery and all that to say bye to me because I had lost nine pints of blood, right? And you only got 14 in your body, and they were already starting the blood transfusion at that point. Um, but yeah, it was it was very iffy. Wow. Um, and and I had a ton of blood in my abdomen, and they did they didn't know. So you know, again, I, I can relate to a degree. Uh, this was was far more serious and immediate right at the moment. But the medical attention was phenomenal. It's the hard. It was the hard part, you know. And we talk about this a lot. Is just that I, I was a grown man. I didn't think I was dying on the field. I wasn't sure what was wrong with me. I was extremely uncomfortable. But you and were it was dying. Be, I was dying. Right. I was. I was bleeding out internally, and that's why I was. I was short. I couldn't figure out why am I. Why can't I breathe? as the game was getting to the end. Like I couldn't, because I had so much blood trapped in my abdomen, there was no room for my lungs to ex- expand. Um, this was certainly a, a more harsh reality check here and hit home, especially because we saw it in the marquee game, maybe of the year on Monday Night Football. Um, but the medical staff couldn't have been better. And they, some of them took some heat because I continued to play and all that. And it wasn't fair. 
they did everything they could within their power and it was a weird injury and it was unforeseen at that time and you know still hasn't been seen to this point to this day and you're taught to hide the injury right well i we were owing two i'm a sims so i'm already a stubborn sob all right and i would I'm, I haven't established myself as a definite, you know, franchise quarterback, right, Dan? Yeah. I mean, I there's they were going to – wait, you're going to have to pull me off the field. That just wasn't going to happen. And that's the struggle that, you know, the NFL and players have to this day. All right, if you're Jim Harbaugh, feels like there's more than just smoke here. If the NFL yeah. calls, let's say Carolina offers Jim Harbaugh the job. What do you do? I think he'll take it. That's the first thing. I brought his name up, you know, in conjunction with the Broncos last week, a little with Florio on PFT, just because I've heard from too many people around football that, yeah, that think he's, he's trying to get back into the NFL. That's his ultimate goal. I understand like the appeal. I mean, he's one of the safer bets out there. I think him, Sean Payton are probably the safest bet as far as like, you know, you need a guy that's stable, proven, tried, true, will come in, change the culture, get things going in the right direction. Yeah, he he makes sense for that. And I can see that why a Denver or a Carolina would like a guy like Jim Harbaugh. I don't see Sean Payton in Carolina. Feels like and and, and it feels like Sean Payton is going to have his pick of whatever job. Therefore, right. I want to know what's the best quarterbacking situation that I'm going to go into. Would that be where, you know, Harbaugh and Sean Payton would probably go, who's your quarterback going to be? Carolina doesn't have one unless you say, hey, the reclamation project of Sam Darnold, okay. Uh, you don't have a high draft pick. I think you have eighth. Whereas yeah. Denver – you don't have any draft picks, and you got your quarterback there. Uh, right. Arizona, maybe, if that's open. You got Cliff I Kingsbury, know. if you're all in on that. Uh, the Colts, good team, no quarterback. Right. Handicap yeah. the jobs there if uh, you're Sean Payton uh, or Jim Harbaugh. Right. I, you know, the, 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 the Cliff Kingsbury thing's interesting. I think when all said and done, they'll stay status quo because of the Kyler Murray injury. And it seems like there is guarantees in Cliff Kingsbury's contract through 2026. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that'll save him at the end of the day. Um, and, and then the other three, you know, you, you said it right. I think the thing that's interesting about Jim Harbaugh is I don't think quarterback is a make-it-or-break-it type of thing for him. He's not going to make the team about that. We know what they're going to do. It's going to be some boring offense that's going to be detailed and tough, and the defense is going to be detailed and tough, and they're going to tackle you and block you and and play situational football the right way. That's what you're going to get from Jim Harbaugh. Um, Sean Payton, yeah, I would think is a little bit more quarterback thinking that way. You know, and, and, and Denver's the one that jumps out to you when you, you certainly think about that situation. Cause but you is just that an wait. enviable job? I know. That's the question. I mean, who would have thought if I would say, hey, you get to coach Russell Wilson in Denver, and that might be a negative. I, if I Yes. That, that, that's the thing we don't know is what are his thoughts and feel mm. of Russell Wilson? I mean, I think everybody knows Russell Wilson's good, and we expect him to turn it around. I think there was, you know, again – the league itself, I think Seattle was always telling people, hey, there's he's good, but he might not be as great as you think. And I think a lot of people thought, oh, maybe they're just saying that to, for propaganda purposes and mm-hmm. all of that. 
but how could you not think that by watching that this year? Uh, but the, the, that, and, and let me just say this about the Carolina Panthers too. I think that team's got a lot of young talent. It's just a quarterback situation. So it's, yeah, is it the dif- dysfunction? Can you fix the Broncos and that quarterback? Cause the team has a lot of things you like, or do you go with, wait, we got a team in Carolina and Indianapolis who have some potential, but the quarterback is still a major issue and has to be fixed there. I guess this is a good problem for the giants to have, but I brought it up in September If they play well, if they go to the playoffs, now what do you do with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley? Because you got to make big financial commitments. I'll make you the owner of the Giants. What are you going to do with those two players now that you're playoff bound? I'm going to keep them for sure. I've been saying that with the Daniel Jones situation here for a little bit. One, I mean, franchise, or are you going to give them a long, you know, big deal? I'm going to give them a. I'm going to give them a deal. I'm going to give him a deal that's like, you know, maybe a three, four-year deal that I can get out of after a year or two, maybe two years to be safe that way. What if he says no? Well, I, I would go, well, tell me where the grass is greener and tell me who's going to believe in you more than we are. He could go to and, Washington. He well, could go well, to Carolina. Well, he could. But he got, do they have Brian Dayball and and – you know, do they believe in him the way Brian Dayball and the Maras and do you the believe family? In, do you believe in Daniel Jones? I do. Forget, I do believe forget in the, Okay, if I said yeah. he's going to cost you $40 million a year, do you believe in Daniel Jones? Yeah, I, I mean, listen, that's about wow. where I think it, Are you it sure? should be. That, that didn't sound definitive. I can deal. Well, I mean, again, the number, all right, that's it's a big number. Well, then what do you do with look- Saquon Barkley? Can I get Saquon Barkley four years, $40 million? I don't. That would be dicey. That's a scarier situation, and he's the one that maybe I would think about franchising. Okay. All right. All, All right. right. So that that'd be the one I would think about. Daniel Jones, though, uh, uh, as I've said, and I think I've said to you before, you know, it, it, there's a lot of positives. There really is, and and to say that he was with a bad offensive line the first few years of his career is really an understatement. It was the worst offensive line. Yep. And there's still not a lot of talent around him. And you're seeing a coach that kind of just put him in the right spot polished a few things with his game and all of a sudden every week we go I mean Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley are carrying the offense you see them play yeah. it's quarterback design run it's hand it's a Saquon it's bootleg <laughs> it's oh my gosh I don't have a lot of time to throw it I got to get it out of my hand quick on a drop back pass he does that well he scrambles well so I want to uh, see the I, consistency yeah. you know you got a good head coach now get yep. him a couple of weapons there before I let you go right you want to talk about the elephant in the room what is that elephant? Your feud with ESPN? Well, I listen, I just don't like they cherry-picked. I got no problem with them putting me on blast. But I made a comment off of Von Miller talking with um, you know, Michael Parsons a few weeks ago, right, with the Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles situation. Yeah. And Michael Parsons kind of saying, hey, it's the team. And I said, yeah. I said, Jalen Hurts is really good. I said, they would still be really good with Gardner Minshew. Like, I, I still think they would be in the, the conversation for one of the best teams in the NFC if Gardner Minshew was the quarterback. Does that mean they're as good with him as Jalen Hurts? No. But my problem with it, Dan, is, okay, they march the ball up and down the field against the Cowboys. He plays really good. He throws two interceptions, which one of them you go, no, receiver, you can't let the DB take it out of your hands and take the ball. And then the fu- they fumble the ball twice. They're up by 10 in the fourth quarter. 
But where was ESPN Sports Center then? They didn't want to tweet anything. Hey, Chris, maybe you were freaking right with that comment. Well, they, Instead, they're going to wait till the team falls apart. The they week don't after. do that. All right. And, well, and they, why they, would they put you on Sports Center? You work for NBC. Well, why would they put me on their Instagram then and try to get all these likes and clicks and attention off of it? Well, they want. So all they, I'm they, saying they, is they, buck up, Bart, <laughs> and then bring me on and talk, or give me credit the first week. Don't okay, cherry Why don't and wait you show day. up? It's not right. that long a drive from Stanford, Connecticut, up to Bristol, and right. when Orlovsky walks in the door, you say, "Hey." We're going in together to do NFL Live. I would love that. I love Dan, so I'm all for it. And I have nothing personal to Dan. I'm more about Omar, who runs the Instagram there, who I used to work with at Bleacher Report. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, that's where. Name calling. Omar. Omar coming. Omar coming. Omar screwed me, and we were supposed to be friends. So that's where I didn't like that. And I have no problem. I know I'm wrong sometimes. I get that. I have to make comments and opinions about every subject in football. So I'm going to be wrong. I understand that and i'd still have great respect for jalen hurts all i was saying is i didn't think he deserved to be in the mvp conversation with mahomes but why don't you Burrow have them Allen. on pro why don't you have omar on pro football talk live dan you work there you know how sports center and the espn is they don't let any of their employees talk to anybody <laughs> ever i mean so uh, I, I can't deal with it. So okay. I'm not the kind of guy that's just going to sit back and just let them slap me around. You know me well enough now. So I attacked them a little bit. And, you know, it, but it's nothing personal to any of their on-air talent. I just thought that was cherry-picking and a little bit of a BS move that they did there. ESPN's got some spleening to do. <laughs> yes, they do. Full, full circle there with the spleen. <laughs> well done. That's why they pay you the big bucks. Wait, you got Omar coming there? Marvin? <laughs> that's the sounds of the ESPN hallway. Yeah, that's what it sounds like that's when Omar, Omar walks, walks down the hall. <laughs> Could you take Orlovsky? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I, I don't know. I got, I, I, listen, I, I he, like listening to Dan. He's awesome with what he does. I like to think I could take anybody. I mean, that's the way <laughs> I am. I mean, geez, unless he's, unless he's like a defensive tackle or an offensive lineman. I, I, you I can't like to take, think, you can't take Booger and you can't take no. Swagoo. No, definitely not. Definitely Mina not. Kimes, was, you can't take Mina Kimes. No way. I don't want to mess with her either. You're right. Hey, those are the real moments you got to have, though. Like, you know how those those fathers always talk to their kids and, like, how a kid always thinks, oh, my dad can beat up anybody. I can remember, like, my kid being, like, five years old, six years old, and him seeing some football players I played with and them going, him going, well, dad, you could still beat him up. Right. And I went, Nope, I absolutely not. He'd kick the crap out of me, Philip. I got no chance. And I thought that was a good teaching moment to go, you know, sometimes you, know, you can't win them all. You just got to learn. <laughs> good to talk to you as always. Always, always say hi to those keep, jerks keep, back there. Whoa, right? whoa. <laughs> they're not Omar. Oh, darn. I had them confused. Sorry yeah, for a second. They're on your side. Wait, are you guys on Sims' side or Omar's? Seaton? Yes. Yeah. More Omar? Well, we're Sims ish. Oh, you're Sims ish. Oh, yeah. Good. Always Good. Chris. I, I take know. that back. You're not jerks. I do like you no. guys. You know, I'm on Omar's side because he's creating content, and that's his job.
All right. Well, I'm doing the same here, too. And one thing we do know is I can take you, and I know where you are. So you better watch it, all right? But if I get you after you've been at the dispensary, uh, then, yeah, then, then yeah, I can take you. That'll tilt the scale, for sure. <laughs> I can take you a little bit. Thank you, bud. All right, all right guys. We'll take you. a break. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern, or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds you know, the basketball nerds. They're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You know, watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude, today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not, never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament? Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was – Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton? Is a is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of the. Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to like you know Lil Durk, and you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you? T- why are you telling me the whole time? <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Ready to bring some spring vibes indoors? Bear Premium Plus Paint is here to make it happen. And it's starting at only $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Picture your kitchen coming to life by adding a pop of blue with the Bear exclusive color Arrowhead Lake. And let's not forget your living room. Picture it drenched in the lush, verdant tones of Amazon jungle, breathing new life into your space with every glance. Head into your bathroom and let the cool breeze of sea glass wash away all your stress. And when the morning sun peeks through your bedroom window, feel the warmth and comfort of a spring sunrise with shades like coral cloud and dark crimson. Whatever your inspiration, start your spring with a durable finish that resists dirt and grime to last all season. And let your creativity bloom with Bare Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The Bills are going to play the Patriots coming up this weekend. Eric Wood is a former Bills center and his fourth season as the Bills radio color analyst. Eric, thanks for joining us. Let me start at the end of Monday night's game when the players are in the locker room. Were they told anything about possibly staying or playing that game on Tuesday? Uh, I'm not sure exactly how that shook out. I was in the broadcast booth and – to my knowledge, all the focus was on DeMar, and they simply were saying, look, we're, we're not playing this game tonight. 
And I can't imagine that anyone would have been in an emotional state to play that game within the 48-hour rule that they would have needed to get that game in. What were you told when you were in the broadcast booth about, first of all, DeMar's health and then the situation involving going back to Buffalo? We were just simply uh, waiting on information as it came, like everyone else was in the stadium. And at first, no one knew the severity of the situation. Uh, Unfortunately, we've become accustomed to seeing carts come on the field and even at times ambulances. But based upon the players' reaction, the coaches' reaction, the way they lined up everybody to, to block the viewing of CPR given to DeMar on the field for almost 10 minutes, we knew that this was a, a much different situation than we're used to seeing in a, in a football game. Tell us who DeMar is. DeMar Hamlin's a special young man. I actually had the pleasure of covering him in college when he was at the University of Pittsburgh, and I was working at ESPN. And we'd sit down for production meetings with Pat Narduzzi, and they had guys drafted higher than him in the draft. But he would always talk about what a special young man DeMar is and then also talk about how – he would play a long time in the NFL. That's just the type of player and person that he is. And then, like anything, when you get to the NFL and your platform gets magnified, often that impact that you could have on others gets impacted. And I love, however, these last couple of days, so much has been shared about the impact that DeMar has made on his teammates, the Buffalo community, the Pittsburgh community, and then so many others through tour drives in his foundation. He's just truly a special young man. What did you see on the play? And it just looked like a routine hit, Dan. What I saw is very similar to what you saw. It it looked like a routine play. And then when he stood up and went back down, automatically you think head injury. Just the way he he collapsed, you think likely a head injury, potentially spinal. It's, you know, this this cardiac arrest is not something that was on anybody's minds. And so it went to commercial break. And while we were watching in the stadium, Silence fell over maybe the loudest stadium I've heard this entire season. Silence falls over the stadium as everybody's watching the players' reaction. And then, obviously, the situation just grew more and more tense as DeMar didn't get up. And we've, we've just become so used to seeing as well, you know, a guy gets carted off, or even as he's going into an ambulance, you get that wave or a thumbs up. Yeah. But in this situation, we knew after a few minutes that that likely wasn't coming. But then you're on the air, you're on radio, and you have to describe all of this. Like, how, how do you get through that hour-long period or however long you guys were on after the injury and then realizing that the game had been canceled? Yeah, so at first, you know, they're asking me a former player's perspective, how do you compartmentalize this and continue playing? And there's been many times that, I've had teammates parted off, and it's an emotional period, and then you just have to go back and and do your job. And this was not one of those situations, though. And and it got to the point where the players were so emotional, the coaches were so emotional, I I went even as far as to say if, if the Bills were forced to forfeit the game and take a loss and lose home field advantage in the one seed, so be it. Do what you have to do to get back in the locker room mm. and, and focus all your attention on DeMar. I was wondering, though, we're talking to Eric Wood. He's a former Buffalo Bills center in his uh, fourth season as the Bills radio color analyst. Joe Buck reported a couple of times the players were told to get ready. They had a five-minute window to compose themselves and resume play. 
were you guys told anything about the possibility of them continuing that game? We weren't told anything. We saw those reports through ESPN as well. And, you know, since then, the league has denied it. ESPN has kind of stood by the fact that that information was relayed to them. I'm hoping what happened in the situation was, you know, people that were not in the stadium did not understand the severity of the situation. So they were simply saying in times of prolonged period uh, for someone injured that – teams are given a five-minute period to warm back up. They don't necessarily have to go right back into playing. That is simply the rule and not what they were going to impose necessarily on this situation. I'm not sure exactly what was said or communicated during that time. I'll also say that while the NFL is not perfect and Roger Goodell and his team aren't perfect and neither are these teams, and I just feel like there's a certain amount of grace that needs to be given to a completely unprecedented situation on the field. What do you expect out of the Bills this weekend against New England? It's, it's tough to say, Dan, because, you know, those guys are still so emotional. The the mental and emotional uh, stress those guys are going through still today, and I know they did a lot yesterday to try and mitigate that, and the Bills have been on the front end of trying to pour into their players over the years through – whether it's emotional issues, mental health issues, whatever it may be, they've kind of been on the front end of that. But the, that, that, that staff and all, all the help that they provided, they're, they're on full task force now because a lot of those guys are, are traumatized from, from what they saw. And, you know, I, I know from coming back from broken legs and ACLs, whatever it may be, that it could be tough to step on the field that next time, a little bit of hesitancy, and then you, then you get back to normal and, how long it takes these guys to get back to normal is yet to be seen. I know the preparation for this upcoming game is going to be distracted. You have a game coming up against the Patriots where, you know, it's, it's win and end for them. The Bills, not sure of how the, the results will be canceled from the last game, could have a lot at stake as well on the field when you consider, you know, if, if they win against Cincinnati and win against New England, they're the number one overall seed. You get that bye week and you host – throughout the playoffs, but I can tell you that the result of that game, the seeding for the playoffs, in a lot of cases, will be the farthest thing from their minds today. Were you on the plane ride home? I was, and uh, home for me is in Louisville, Kentucky, so I I drove back from Cincinnati that okay. night uh, and, just, and just stayed in communication with as many people as I could. Eric, thank you. We appreciate your time. Good luck uh, with the Patriots game and the postseason. Thank you again. I appreciate it, Dan. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ready to bring some spring vibes indoors? Bare Premium Plus Paint is here to make it happen. And it's starting at only $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Picture your kitchen coming to life by adding a pop of blue with the bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake. And let's not forget your living room. 
Picture it drenched in the lush, verdant tones of Amazon jungle, breathing new life into your space with every glance. Head into your bathroom and let the cool breeze of sea glass wash away all your stress. And when the morning sun peeks through your bedroom window, feel the warmth and comfort of a spring sunrise with shades like coral cloud and dark crimson. Whatever your inspiration, start your spring with a durable finish that resists dirt and grime to last all season. And let your creativity bloom with Bare Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Marcellus Wiley is set to join us, the former All-Pro defensive end and host of More To It podcast on the uh, Dan Patrick Podcast Network, available wherever you listen to your podcast. This week, he tells us why LeBron's not loving the game the same as he used to, why Joe Burrow may cruise to another Super Bowl appearance, and why everyone says Happy New Year wrong. <laughs> Where do you want to start with that? How about how about we get it wrong by by not saying Happy New Year's? Well, actually, that's how we get it wrong. Happy New Year's. Like we're about to just go from 2022 to 2023, 2024, 2025. Like it's only one year. <laughs> and it, it caught me off guard too. My wife was just eye rolling me. Uh December 31st. I'm like, oh, walking up to everyone. Happy New Year's. Happy New Year's. She finally just tapped me on the shoulders like you know you're getting that wrong. And I was like, what? And she was like, dude, are you trying to make New Year more than one year? And once I looked at it, of course, I didn't give her credit in the moment, but I had to take a step back. And now I'm just counting everybody who gets it wrong, including you, Dan. Happy uh, New Year. Yeah. Well, I, I say Happy New Year, but I I was wondering when you were correcting people, then maybe I was getting it wrong by saying Happy New Year. Not even confident in it. See, that's the no, point. No. I don't think we get it. Yeah. Happy New Year. All right. Uh, Monday night, you're watching. What are you thinking as that play unfolds when you have the tackle by Hamlin with uh, T. Higgins? Whew, so much to unpack here. Let's take it live in the moment as I'm sitting on the couch with my seven-year-old son who 
loves football even more than I did as an active player. He's just all into it. We're watching it. And in live time, the way that T. Higgins turned up field made me as a defender say, oh, like this was an abrupt change of what you anticipated. That is not placing blame on him. That's just saying, oh, this you caught me off guard. Now, when he caught him off guard with the head, helmet, crown to the neck, head area, tackle, all of that force also you're caught off guard and it landed right on DeMar Hamlin. Fine. He jumps up. Only thing that happened to me in that moment was like, whoo, that would have that would have caught me. That would have hurt me a little bit. Whatever. He pops up. Everything's fine. And then you realize everything's not fine. And what a tragic visual to see uh, someone fighting for their life, not fighting in the NFL football sense for the next yard or the extra yard or for a touchdown, fighting to stay alive. And literally, I started crying. My son asked me two things in the moment. He's like, Dad, is he going to live? And then he follows that up by saying, Dad, I'm glad that didn't happen to you when you played football. And that's why I was crying, fighting it back to stay strong and show face for my family. But I really was emotional because I've taken thousands of hits. I've given thousands of hits. And to ever see that that can be the reality, because I've never seen that on the football field. I've never experienced the death of any player. That's actually a conversation in our home. My dad, my son always asks, Dad, has anyone ever died playing football? And I always say heat exhaustion, training camp, mm -hmm. but no one's ever died playing football. And in that moment, that was in jeopardy. What about the idea of continuing to play that game at any point? Did you sense that the NFL was leaving open that window? Absolutely, they were. And this is going to sound harsh, but they should have had to contemplate leaving that window open. Let me tell you why. The example I have is my mother passed away when I was an active player, 2005. And I remember when she passed away, the first thing I thought is life would never be the same. I thought I would never stop being preoccupied with the loss of my mother. And then I also thought going to bed that night that the sun wouldn't rise. I also thought that the clouds would cover the, the whole planet. I just thought everything was going to be different. And you know what happened the next day? This is the moment where I realized you have to compartmentalize no matter what you're going through in tragedy. I had to go to the doctor. I had to go to the mortuary. I had to go to the florist. I had to start making plans. Point being, there is someone's job, no matter how they're emotionally affected, to still keep the train on the tracks. They are preoccupied with something else. I fast forward to my mother's funeral. People are cracking jokes. People are laughing like, what are you going to serve when we get back to the house? And everyone's in a different lane, affected emotionally, but different tasks at hand. It felt harsh for me even to think about that. But I was talking to my wife in the moment. I was like, you know they have something to think about in this moment. Are they going to continue? Next man up mentality. Or are they really going to stop this game? So it's not to say that they made the wrong or right decision. It meant that they had a decision to make. Yeah, and I, I just wondered if they knew that Hamlin was going to be okay an hour later. And the players are still there, still in uniform, in their lockers, locker room. I, I wonder if they would have tried to squeeze that in. 
Oh, absolutely. Like the, the, the bottom line interest was to continue to play that football game. The only thing that abrupted that was the fact that the you didn't know how he was doing in terms of his condition. So when they started to look and say, oh, he fell down, oh, he, he, he got a concussion, whatever first steps, what you're thinking, the normal response. In that moment, the NFL is thinking, okay, you guys got a few minutes probably, go to the sidelines and we'll go back. But when it became a life and death situation without closure, the NFL finally had to suspend that game because they knew that those players couldn't come back to that field without closure. Any other injury we've seen, including concussion, including Tua, who stands up and then just passes out. When you have some form of closure or understanding of what's going on, you can proceed. But when you don't, obviously the NFL made the right choice finally, and they had to suspend it. He's Marcellus Wiley, the former All-Pro defensive end and host of the podcast, More To It, available on the Dan Patrick Podcast Network. You start to look at a a couple other things with, uh, you mentioned Joe Burrow. Like, what is it about Joe Burrow that you're seeing that shows or proves Last year was not a one-off. This is who he really is. Yes, between the ears with Joe Burrow, man. He has all the talent in the world, uh, but it's more so his moxie, his mentality. You know how they started off this season. 0-2 started slow. And Joe Burrow is just someone you can hang your hat on. I think this team rallies around him, and more so they believe in him because he believes that he can overcome all adversity. And that's what I'm seeing from this team, like, they're greater than the sum of its parts. And they're a talented team, but they play even greater than that because of their belief system. It seems like there are 52 guys that believe in Joe Burrow, and he believes that he can conquer all. And when you have a leader like that, you start to feel invincible. You start to feel like, okay, I could do everything because I'm in connection, osmosis, with the guy who can do it all. So but is Joe the, Burrow is scary because you can never count him out. Is the opposite going on in Denver? Yes and no. We were warned about Russell Wilson, and no one wanted to believe it and buy into it fully. We heard from teammate after teammate that he lacked leadership, authenticity. We heard from teammate after teammate that he's not the guy that we think he is. And I think we took that in terms of personality only, but some guys were actually saying, oh, he's not the baller you think he is. Top defense his first four years, top defenses usually – great running game, Pete Carroll. And I think now we're starting to realize, oh, we may should have given more credence to some of those conversations. But you know what they did in Seattle? They just cleaned the locker room of anybody who disagreed with Russell Wilson cooking. And now we're starting to realize maybe that wasn't the smartest decision. He hits, he lands in Denver. You have a first-year head coach. I'm sure he's trying to grind the same, checking all the same boxes. But when you don't have that in you, guys who don't have success with you are going to be sitting there doubting. Guys are going to be sitting on the outside saying, you got to bring me in if you're Russell Wilson because your reputation is one thing. It preceded you, but it's not going to help lead me. And I think that's where we are right now in the crossroads of Russell Wilson having to galvanize, having to start this train and this momentum again, instead of carrying and riding with what he had in Seattle. I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, and it sounded crazy to say it, but I still firmly believe it, that I needed less Aaron Rodgers 
for the Green Bay Packers to be successful. I needed the running game, and I needed the defense, and I needed Aaron Rodgers to come up with a couple of big plays. I just didn't need him to be the, the, the epicenter here. And, and maybe I'm crazy in saying that. It just feels like they're a better team when they run the football. That defense has stepped up, and then Aaron can now make a couple of throws with those young receivers. I see where you're coming from, and I get it. Um, at certain times, you need all Aaron Rodgers, especially early in the season, even in failure. You know why? With a roster full of guys who, especially in the receiving core, who are really trying to get their bones, they need Aaron Rodgers to take those hits for them, need to be the leader that he is. But then what you're talking about is later in the season, those guys have to be so inspired and encouraged that they're actually productive, that they actually step up in a leadership role. So you basically got to activate those guys, but you got to be the first act if you're Aaron Rodgers. And I've been on teams like that before when you're like looking around, uh, Junior Seau, Bruce Smith, somebody has to break the glass. And then we all can go run through and get what we want. And it's a situation where Aaron Rodgers, I think early in the season, he just had to go out there and show all these guys, hey, you can take your lumps. We can fall down. We will get back up, and you will stay alive even in defeat. Now those guys believe that they have the experience and they have that leadership. You uh, mentioned on the podcast why LeBron's not loving the game the same. Why? Yeah, LeBron James came out and said that uh, playing basketball without winning is not in his DNA anymore. And on the surface, that sounds amazing. That sounds like a true winner. Like, oh, Jordan, look out. LeBron only plays when he wants to win, and he is winning. Then you take a step back, you know, like the old adage, no, it doesn't matter how smart you are if you don't stop and think. And you stop and think about that. You say, wait a minute. Are you still in love with the process? Well, the results will make you think he is. Okay, are you still in love with your individual success and in putting up 27 and 6? The results say you are. But then you start to realize, wait a minute, you're saying you don't love what you're doing unless there's team success. Does that matter if you are not having individual success? Does that even play into how you're approaching the game, processing the game, and preparing for the game? So I thought that that, even though it was supposed to be a hard stamp of I'm a winner or else, made me actually question a little bit more about LeBron James and how he's getting to this place. I know he's balling out of control, but sometimes the results can make us think different than the process. I, I, and you know how this game is played, uh, the media game and topics that you have on a show. And I was wondering, why is it that Kawhi Leonard doesn't get criticized? Anthony Davis does. Uh, you know, he plays for the Lakers. If Kawhi played for the Lakers then he, he would probably get criticized. I think the reason why he doesn't get criticized for not playing is he plays for the Clippers. I mean, is it that simple? <laughs> if Anthony Davis played for the Clippers, he would not receive anywhere near this attention. And they're a better team than the Lakers. Well, Anthony Davis didn't receive this attention in New Orleans either. No. And I get what you're saying to the point. Um, as I look at my Clippers chair over there, I'm going to defend my team in a weird way. Um have you ever noticed this dynamic? The team that loses in the Super Bowl feels worse than the team that didn't even make the playoffs. I've seen that a thousand times. I felt that. I've never been in the Super Bowl. And I've been on teams that didn't make the playoffs. And then I talked to my boy who lost the Super Bowl, and he's dead. And I'm like, dude, 
I ain't even get a shot. <laughs> I think that's happening with Anthony Davis versus Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard taps out. He's absent from those moments that we're so hypercritical. So we're not hypercritical of him. He doesn't even jump in. It's almost like the world is saying, you're better off not trying than trying and failing. And I see that happening a lot more yeah. in terms of the criticism, in terms of the spotlight on the guy. Always great to talk to you. Appreciate your insights. Thank you. All right. Take care, D. That's uh, Marcellus Wiley, former All-Pro defensive end and host of More To It, Dan Patrick Podcast Network. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.